Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Jerome DeRoy, who is the CEO of Narrative, which helps companies leverage personal storytelling for business. He teaches companies how to find, craft, and tell stories that resonate through a repeatable and scalable method. Narrative offers listening and storytelling training programs, one-on-one coaching, and virtual workshops for sales, team building, leadership development, and onboarding. And you can find all their information at their website, narrative.com. That's N-A-R-A-T-I-V.com. Let's jump into this episode. So without further ado, please welcome in Jerome DeRoy. Jerome, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is a this is gonna be a fun conversation. I I'm really big into storytelling with uh, with my sales career and stuff. So uh, I like that you guys are actually prioritizing that as a business and something you've you've been successful at. Um, yeah. So I want to get into that. There's a there's a lot of cool things we can talk about, but as I always like to do, I like to start off these conversations because you know being the just get started podcast, we all have so many varying areas throughout our life, different inflection points that kind of pivot us from where we might have thought we were going to a totally different direction. Um, now, I don't want to prompt you with a certain area. I, it did seem maybe around the mid of the first decade of this new millennium that there were some changes in your life that happened. Uh-huh. We could start there, but maybe pick a spot or two that you really felt maybe it was a change in mindset or actually new opportunities that came about um, that really started you on a new path. It's a great way to put it. I mean, you know, I, it, it's, I, I think there's... Um, something that people think about a lot, uh, and I'll dive into mine, but, you know, when you think about these big moments in your life, uh, I love that you mentioned, maybe it's a a change of mindset, because I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. You think about the big event that happened, uh, but the event doesn't have to be huge. You know, it can just be a small thing where you're seeing something a little bit differently based on what somebody said to you or feedback you got. So I love thinking about it that way. For me, you know, my, I definitely had one big moment of, of change uh, more than 20 years ago um, that really prompted me to go on a different path. Um, I I had just come out of business school um, and, and, you know, I, I'd worked for uh, a financial company, a bank, a, a large global bank. Um, and I was now, I'd been there for about three, two years. And then I, I went to Hong Kong as part of that same bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was there for about almost four years. And after about, you know, five, six years of doing this, and in this, you know, setting of, I'm on the 15th floor of a glass tower building, and there's ferries shuttling back and forth between Hong Kong Island. And, you know, you can see mainland China in the background from where I was sitting, this big open desk and, you know, there's phones ringing and it's, it's a pretty exciting environment, especially for someone who's at this point, you know, 26, 27 years old. And, um, and yet I, every time I went to one of our Monday morning meetings, which happened every Monday, right. uh, I had this, this uh, managing director who would present to us you know, what had happened last week and the things to look forward to monthly, six months down the line, et cetera, big projects. And uh, he would never turn around from his PowerPoint uh, 
projected slide. And so, and he never made eye contact with anybody. And after about 45 minutes, everybody would sort of either doze off or you could see the eyes glazing over and I was no exception. And, uh, and after about four years of that, after one of those Monday morning meetings, I went into my managing director's office and I told him I quit. And he nearly fell out of his chair because he didn't see this coming at all. Even though every three to four months, there would be someone going into his office to say that they quit. Hmm. And he always would come to see me and say, I guess it's because other banks pay better. And inevitably, he asked me the same question. He said, well, I guess you're doing like everybody else. You're going to go and work for another bank. And I knew that a lot of those people didn't actually go work for another bank because they paid better. Right. And if they went to go for another bank, it wasn't because of the pay. And so I said, no, that's not, that's not what I'm doing. And he said, well, what, I, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I, I'm going to, I'm not sure, <laughs> but I know it's going to be creative and meaningful. And then I, I went to New York City. I packed my, you know, a, a suitcase and a half and left Hong Kong and went to New York, New York City. And I started looking for jobs in the film industry. That's what I wanted to do. I, I had typed in my search engine after one of those Monday morning meetings, you know, the words film, business, and New York. Hmm. I had some family in the U.S. And so I thought I'd get closer. And, uh, and I met Murray Nossel, who's the founder of this company, Narrative, that I'm now a partner in and I'm the CEO of. And uh, at the time, of course, Narrative was really not much of an entity. It existed. Um, and he had founded it with somebody else. And then he told me about it. And I started working with him first as an intern and then as a production manager because he's also a filmmaker. And it's only when I was a production manager with him that he started insisting on this thing called Narrative and this company and told me more about it. And I got more and more excited about that. And then together we decided to partner and kind of bring our skills together. My, my business perspective and skills and his uh, own sort of filmmaking creative um, and, and this kind of methodology that he created around storytelling. And I decided it was a good time at that time in 2006, 2007 to apply those methodologies to a corporate setting based on what I had seen and well, what I knew. Well, let me ask you this. And before we get down that rabbit hole, because there's some questions I have on that, mm. I want to I want to go back to Hong Kong. Like what? Because there's a lot of people in your same position and they're, they're all around us all day, every day that won't make that leap. Yeah. They're like, you know, the money, I got this mortgage or I have kids or I have this. And again, all good reasons. I'm not saying yeah. they're not good reasons, but for you, maybe it was because you were younger. Maybe you had enough money saved up. I don't know what the reason, but one, how long had you been thinking about quitting prior to quitting? And two, what was like, do you remember like the ultimate reason you walked in to quit? Oh yeah, I, I remember. This was not uh, an impulse thing. Um, I, I'd been thinking about it for a while. As a matter of fact, the the uh, the story really is that, you know, when I came out of even in high school, in high school, I, you know, I had a friend who, um, right before graduating high school, told me that he was going to go to film school, and his parents were really upset about this. I, I grew up in a pretty conservative environment in uh, in France, and uh, and my father, uh, you know, is French, and and he was in the business world, and my mother's American, so that's how, um, you know, I, I I've got those two sides of it. But I, I grew up there. And, and I went to this Catholic school and, and you know, there in France, when you're 16 years old, and I think it's still the same way today, you kind of have to decide whether you're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, 
uh, a business person and choose your, you know, whether you're going to go into the sciences or literature, et cetera, at 16 years old. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I kind of went this middle road that my father recommended because he was in business and he said, just go with economics and business because it's going to give you a big, you know, you'll have perspective on everything. Whereas these other things you might pigeonhole yourself. And if you don't like it, it's hard to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. Uh, and at 18, I still didn't quite know what I wanted to do. And I had this friend who said, you know, I'm going to go to film school. And, I, and when he said that, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds, that sounds like, a, you know, something that I could actually get behind. And, but I never said anything to my parents. And, and I saw the reaction of his parents. And, and so that kind of stifled me. And I never talked about it again until 10 years later, I'm 27, 28. And I'm talking to, or right before I, I you know, basically about a, a two years before I resigned, I met this guy in Hong Kong and he said, oh, that's interesting, you know, because I want to go and work in film. I want to do something creative. And I'm working for this French company now here in Hong Kong. And I know it's got nothing to do with film, but it's just for me to make a little bit of money. And then I've got these interviews planned out. And he had every, he had like a five-year plan and that inspired me. And I created my own five-year plan and it had to start with like, getting ready money-wise mm -hmm. and then getting ready. So, you know, meeting savings and then getting ready in terms of like, what are my arguments for this next step in my career? What is it that I'm doing now that I could transfer to this next thing that I'm doing? And I landed on this idea that I could help people in the film world in New York City. I was really specific about where and when and how. Mm -hmm. And what I could help them do is put films out there that because of my business skills, I could maybe help them on the distribution side. And, and I had kind of researched this and this friend of mine was doing something similar. And so together we kind of put our heads together. And I and so for two years, I did some research and I organized. And when I felt the time was right and I had organized some interviews in New York City, and then I even signed up for a course called the Business of Film at NYU, which was a continuing education course that lasted three months. And so now I had a date in mind because I had to be there for that time. And a, a couple of months before that date, that's when I walked into my boss's office. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty, pretty deliberate. And I did have a plan, but it was answering something that was in me when I was a teenager, you know, yeah. this, this kind of drive to do something creative, whether it was in the film world or not, you know, I think that was just the medium that was around me and that I liked. But in the end, when I got to New York City and I met Murray and, you know, that was in the film context, narrative kind of took over because it was storytelling and it was still creative. And that was kind of the perfect marriage of, of these skills. But that's, that's the answer to your question in terms yeah. of this was not well, impulsive. You well, know? you make a good point, too, because I think that's one of the, the things that sometimes gets lost that you didn't just walk in one day and be like, ah, screw this, I'm done exactly. and, and, and figure it out from there. Like you were very deliberate. And, and again, this is something I talk a lot about around making sure you're finding, you know, we need money to live. That's just how the yeah. world is. So making sure your finances are in order. If, if you normally, let's say you spend a lot of money or maybe you're not great with that, then that's something you're like, you know, I really have to start budgeting and putting a little away enough to get me through the next six months or 12 months or whatever it is. Like it's going to be different for everyone. And some people, unfortunately don't have the choice. They'll get, maybe they get laid off and they don't have the choice that, right. that some people do. But in most occurrences, if you don't like your job or you're like, I want to do something better, the hardest part is getting to that spot of actually making the, the line in the sand like you did. And it makes it a lot easier, I think, if you do have a plan in place or some plan 
and financially you at least feel secure. Yeah. And I think, you know, like-minded people, I, I had some inspirations along the way. I had people who pushed me, you know, that, that friend is now a lifelong friend and, and we still keep in touch, even though he's all the way in Australia now and I'm here in the U S um, and, and, you know, without that push, without that, like he would tell me almost every time that we met to a point where at some point I was like, I don't think we should meet anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at some point right. he was like, you got to do this. You got to change. You're so miserable in your job. You don't like it. This is not your passion. You're still in your twenties, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's true. That was another big thing for me that, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, now I'm married. I've got two kids. I'm 46. It's a different thing. Although I, I believe that you can make this kind of change at any point, you know, provided that you have something in place, a plan in place, you know, and that yeah. plan is going to be more difficult or easier to put in place depending on your circumstances. And for me at that time in my life was a good, a good time to make such a move, but you could argue, and, and I've certainly thought about this over the years is that, you know, I've also kind of had these moments where I'm like, well, what if I had you know, really gone with what I wanted to do when I was 17, 18 years old, 19, you know, where would I be now kind of thing? Yeah, it doesn't bring me, you know, uh, doesn't take me anywhere, <laughs> anywhere right. helpful or productive. But, you know, you could always make that argument that, you know, it took me finally 10 years to do what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, it's it, timing is really important. And, and, and the people around you yeah. that support you and give you that push, those that are going to help you along the way, those that are going to challenge you along the way, you got to pay attention to those people and what yeah. they're saying to you. Well, and, and I think it is important to, you know, something, I, as you mentioned earlier, I think a lot about the mindset shift and the, mm. and the circumstances we're in. To your point, you said, hey, I had my buddy, he went to Philip school, he got kind of beat up by his parents, not physically, but, you know, literally, like, yeah, literally, exactly, you know, like, and, and that maybe changed your mindset of like, uh, maybe I don't do this, or I don't say anything. And it, it, it happened to take you 10 years to finally muster up that courage. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, you had some other things that happened. Well, it's even the serendipity. And, and you know, we, we'll talk about Murray here in a second, even, but you, you were going to New York City for film, right? Yes, like, right? And then you serendipitously meet Murray and that puts you on. An, so it's all these different branches. That's why it's so hard. You know, I'll have a lot of conversations where it's like, well, if I just did that, I'd be in a better position. I'm like, well, no, because if you did that, then that would lead to something else. And that would lead to, you know, like even, even the thing, like if you, this stuff, this is way down the, the friggin' rabbit hole uh, drone, <laughs> but like, like, cause I was thinking about like, if you don't, one, obviously, if you don't go to New York, you don't meet your your yeah. wife, you don't you're, you don't have your kids or whatever. Maybe it's a different so wife true. and different kids, but you know what I'm saying? And then if you don't, if you go to New York and you don't meet Murray, again, that's a whole nother different yeah. e ecosystem that you get involved with in different people. So it's so and hard it's to look so at. so not helpful or productive to go down that those yeah. routes, you know? Right. Uh, and, and I think because you're absolutely right. I mean, you're, you know, everything in my life, and, and I believe that this is true for, for really most people it has shown me that everything kind of happens for a reason and at the right time, you know, for you, because it just happened at that right at that time, you know, and so and that's where you are when you are there. And so I think I think these are these are important things to kind of note. But at the bottom line is because you're absolutely right. I mean, I didn't end up making a career in the film industry. And, um, and yet, I'm in a career that's fulfilling that makes me happy i've met my wife my kid you know all of that has worked out and i think you have to have some flexibility mm -hmm. because if you're so specific 
you know, if I go back to my plan all those years ago, what I really wanted to do was to help creative people and artists, you know, put their work out there, whatever that work was. Murray had a storytelling methodology. He'd created a company. He himself was a filmmaker. He was an artist and, and by, for all intents and purposes, creative person, and essentially asked me to help him with this business because of my background, which come to think of it is exactly why I came to New right. York. You know, so it's more of like being able to identify outside of whatever industry you're fantasizing about or you wanna be in, Outside of that, if you dig a little bit deeper, what really drives you? What is it that you really want to be doing? What's the thing that you want to be helping people with? That really helped me when I started to think in those terms of like, what do I want to help people with? What am I good at that could help them? And that would then make me feel fulfilled. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I look at this too, even with like, you know, uh, I, you know, I kind of define, defines a different, you know, way to say it, but like by one word and, and my mentors helped me, you know, uh, shape this, you know, as a navigator mm. and help navigate people to just get started. And to what you just mentioned there, it kind of always, it always reminds me because it's like, no, it's not like, oh, doing the podcast or writing books or blogging, whatever it is, sales coaching, et cetera. It's that, no, I'm helping navigate people to just get started it could be in a variety of different things. It's things that are creative outlets for me, things that I have a, a skill set with and where I could help people. And it doesn't always have to be this box that we try to put ourselves in, you know, like it could branch out. It could be a lot of different things. As long as you have that purpose, you know, you have yeah. that, that mission that you want to drive forward, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, how did you, so, so with Murray, cause I'm, I'm really curious about this. How did you, how long had you been in New York City before you met him? Like, what, what's the serendipitous moment? Yeah, so, so I did this course, uh, The Business of Film, and, and that was in 2003. And, and that was for about three months. And about two months in, they said, you know, uh, at this point, we're now, this was very practical. And there were a lot of, about half of this class were people like me, essentially, who were kind of changing industries, um, you know, going looking maybe for the same kind of position, but just in a different industry. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of that, that last month was about, let's look at your resumes, transfer, you know, skill transference, how to put it in so that people in the film industry understand it and they can see a role for you and your position. So we were working on all this stuff and they said, well, while you're doing that, we want you to create, you know, some informational meetings with different people in the industry, start looking for anything, whether it's a job, an internship, and of course, I had started looking for, for jobs in the industry even before I came to, to New York. Um, and, and so I had some things lined up. Nothing was working out, I have to be honest. And, uh, and you know, I had like a stack of rejection letters or, or letters that said, sorry to inform you, you know, positions already been filled, we're keeping you in the database and all that. And, and so I, I, I went from, you know, with the incentive of this course, I had to kind of show some results. So I thought, well, I'm going to move from jobs to internships. And so... Then I looked for internships and that's how I met Murray because he was looking for an intern to help him on his latest documentary film. Uh, he had just started a career um, five years earlier in documentary filmmaking out of his that, again, very serendipitous on his, uh, on his part, where it was kind of organically, he, he did a PhD in social work and anthropology and he was a playwright. So wearing many different hats. And uh, as part of all that, came into contact with some people that he wanted to make a documentary about, basically. He thought that would be the best medium to do it. Connected with a filmmaker, didn't know anything about film. 
made this short film, which got nominated for an Oscar uh, that year in 2003, the year that I had met him and, and the year that he posted this internship. And on the heels of that, HBO came to him and because he had another project. And so now he was making a movie with HBO, a, a feature length documentary, his first one. And so as part of that effort, he was looking for people to help him to distribute this even outside of HBO. He was kind of thinking, you know, maybe I can send this to global markets, festivals, et cetera. And that's exactly what I was studying and what I wanted to do. So I answered the internship and we met the internship, uh, uh, you know, request and, and, and we met. And then uh, I think it took him only about two weeks or so. So about four months into arriving in, in New York City, about a month after I finished this course, I started my internship with him. Uh, and then six months later, you know, when the internship was finished and I started to, and he offered me a, posi a position as a production manager, uh, we were starting to working to work together on more projects. And yet there wasn't a lot that like, it was kind of a slog making documentary films. And so that's when he told me, you know, I've been sitting on this thing called narrative since the mid 1990s. And we founded it as a company in 2000. And there have been these ad hoc things that we've done, but we've never really made it as a business. And I wonder with your background, if you wouldn't mind looking at it. And that was probably 2004, mid 2004. Uh, and that's really where things started. So, you know, I kind of put a business plan together and showed it to him. And, and it took another two years, I think, before we sort of, you know, let go of, of those film projects uh, for good. But then we kind of brought the, that into our work with businesses where we would make videos for them at the beginning. And we still do uh, some of that as well. So, so yeah, that's kind of how all of that uh, lined up in a way. But it took, it took a couple more years for me to like really be full time and to even, and then to become CEO. That didn't happen until 2008, 2009. Hmm. What, did, did you ever ask Maria, besides obviously your background, did he see anything in you specific that he thought you would be a, a good CEO for this company or that you'd, you'd lead it well? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. He, uh, at the time he and his, so he had a co-founder, uh, which I met at the very beginning as well, but, but who sort of became more, more and more of a silent partner, mm -hmm. um, is still in the company now, but, but yet not really involved with the day-to-day. -day. And so he knew that, you know, that wasn't the person. And, uh, the two of them had been seeing a, a coach, uh, a business and a life coach as well. And, and as part of those sessions, you know, one day Murray asked me, I wonder if you wouldn't mind meeting my coach. And, you know, maybe the, the three of us can meet with the coach. And, and I was pretty open to that idea. And, uh, and so I went and we talked a lot about this business called narrative. I asked a lot of questions. And, and then I remember um, the coach saying, well, I'm just going to come out and say it because what Murray and Paul, that's his co-founder need is a CEO. And we're all wondering if you're that person. <laughs> and so it was sort of point blank. And that was, you know, quite at the beginning, like this is probably 2004, end of 2004, you know, so I've, I've known these guys for, you know, less than a year at this point and narrative even less. So it was really at the beginning. And I said, well, why, why me? And they said, well, you know, first of all, you're the one who showed up, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, and then he said, uh, you know, the other thing is that you do have a background in business and you're asking the questions this is now murray that's saying this you know you're asking me questions that nobody else has asked me uh, around how the business functions what do i see what does success look like for me three to five years from now where do i see this business going where do i see myself 
within this business? What do I want to do? I was asking all these questions, you know, just to understand what the roles and positions might be down the road, even if there were just two or three people. Um, and so that was really what started it. But I was hesitant because uh, I didn't really know anything about that business or being a CEO was not at all, you know, something that, I, that I'd thought about. So I, I didn't say yes right away. I just, you know, said, well, just show me what you've got and I'll study it. And, you know, maybe I can come up with a business plan for you guys and then let's see if you like it. And, and so I, I kept working with, with Murray as a, as a production manager. And I also worked with other filmmakers. So again, you know, it, it wasn't, it was kind of like that episode in Hong Kong where it took a couple of years to, you know, to, to finally sort of uh, jump, make, make that leap. Um, and for me, you know, it took another year and a half. I really wanted to kind of see that it would work, that, that this, this, and, and I wanted to understand if I was going to be the CEO, I needed to have my own purpose for this company that was separate or aligned with Murray's, but I didn't want it to just be fed to me. And I really wanted to kind of integrate that. And, and about, you know, we had a, we had this client, I remember it pretty clearly that I brought in and, uh, and I had a connection with the, this company, the, with Time Warner at the time. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I got a training for us and it was our, our first like kind of real big corporate training and, uh, and Murray led it. And I, and I sort of, you know, supported him in, in the uh, behind the scenes. And then, you know, it went really well. It was very successful. And then Murray said, you know, as we grow, I'm going to need other people to, to be able to do this work. And so he trained me to deliver uh, these, these workshops and these training programs. And, and that really kind of, um, that's when I really integrated what this was about for myself. And, and I started to see, you know, I could, I could, I'm seeing the value of this for myself. And yes, now I want to be the CEO of it. I want to drive it. I want to, you know, I want to make it grow. Um, so that was sort of the, those were the steps that led to that. What do you think, because obviously the company has been around for a number of years now. What do you yeah. think has been the reason for the sustainable success, I guess we'll call it? Well, you know, I think number one is, is the content itself. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a company that was founded in 2000. The basis of it is to teach people how to tell stories about who they are, what they do, what matters to them. At first, it was more of a, an advocacy kind of nonprofit type of endeavor. Um, those were the organizations that we worked with or that they worked with. Then when I got involved, I had this idea that, you know, we could work to engage employees and, and customers and really the whole organization through the telling of stories. So I think that has always been... Uh, something that sustained us because there's always been interest in this. Now, of course, we've got competitors and, you know, there's lots of people that, and, you know, storytelling is part of a broader sort of messaging, presentational, leadership development, team building, all these kinds of things. So there's lots of competitors. So, but I do think that content is, is number one, uh, a close number two, if not maybe even, even more important is that, you know, we really paid attention to who we would do this for. Um, and, and really focused on one thing and one thing only. And that was storytelling. We never kind of branched out to say, we're going to teach you, you know, media training. We're going to do, you know, presentation with a capital P, you know, we're going to do whatever. It was always about our, we have a particular method that consists of seven steps. There's a book that we've written about it. 
you know, so we just kept refining and refining and refining this method and its applications to businesses until we kind of landed on these four applications of maybe seven, eight years ago. Uh, so it's, there's always been an evolution to it. And every time we evolved to make what we do more and more specific and more and more precise, that's when things started to get better and better for us. Um, but the moment that we started to branch out and, you know, there's, there's a few moments like that, that didn't work out so well for us. Um, you know, where we, at one point we actually decided to, to uh, become like a production, a podcast production company. Oh. And, and we even created that as an entity. It had like five different ones that like original productions with, uh, you know, story, storytelling based, narrative based, and it became very expensive. And we didn't have the wherewithal for it. We, di we didn't have the, the background for it or didn't get the right people quickly enough, I think, but for a number of reasons. But we sort of left this core of like business to business, these four pillars, that's what we do. Every time we've left that, it's not, it's not so good for us. So I think that's sustainability for us has come from being really focused and, and mm. staying focused as opposed to would that trying be, to do lots of different things. I mean, would that be your encouragement for folks starting a business, whether they're one person or they have a team and, and they're trying to grow is to go more niche focus and, and build that out properly before they even explore yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, there's there's certainly a case to be made for thinking really big. And I don't think what I'm describing doesn't mean that you can't think big. But, you know, some people think sort of empire or world domination kind of thing. But right. even those enterprises start small, you know, and it starts usually with one idea. Uh, I mean, if you think of the tech world, that's usually it. You know, it's sort of the the minimum valuable, you know, the, the, the minimum viable product that you've got, you know, and, and, and it doesn't look great at the beginning, but it works and you can get users. And the more users you get, the more you can grow. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was sort of that a, a similar mindset of like, let's start small. You know, we started with, I remember one of my first initiatives with narrative to see if it would work was to create an open enrollment workshop on the website and, and, you know, do that once a month on a Sunday and see who shows up and try to target business people so that they would then recommend us for their businesses. That was sort of our marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. And it worked out pretty well, you know, but, but it, it forced us, the three of us to really all kind of get a hand at selling and getting people through the door. And, you know, so, so I think that camaraderie also helped, but I, I do think that the advice I would give is, you know, try to go more and more niche. I, I still, you know, falter uh, it, it, from time to time where, you know, there's different big ideas that come up and we're like, yes, let's, let's pursue that. And then I realized, wait a second, we've got five different things we're going after right. here. We're only so big. There's not as we can't do as much. And so then we have to sort of scale back and say, no, let's focus on these two over here that are the most promising. And, and then, you know, maybe we can start to think about other things. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of kind of making these sort of incremental changes and trying to refine more and more. Yeah, because you can start losing, you know, taking your eye off the ball when you're like trying to do too much. And and I think it's it's fun because you're like, oh, this is kind of cool new idea. Yeah. Let's do the, let's, that's and then, the curse you realize, of the like, Yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's getting, what's tried and true? What's getting us, you know? Kind yeah, of down exactly. Field? And that's, you know, that's for, for me as an entrepreneur and, and, and the CEO, it, it's, that's kind of the, the blessing and the curse. You've got all these ideas and you want to do lots of different things, but there's only so much you can do with the resources you have. And so, especially when you're starting out, you know, so, so I think it really does help 
and yeah. and it you know it, it creates more discipline as well um you know you just kind of focus on these things and then you all your tasks are about that one or two those one or two goals that you have yeah i think it's good well didn't i see too that you all you all started a podcast yourself right yeah and we did yeah yeah, yeah. We, so it's uh, like you yeah. know you try new things or you know exactly and you know and it's all in the service of that mission you know so now you know today the way that we boil things down because i'm a big fan of evolving how you talk about yourself over the years so that the way we talked about ourselves 10 years ago has changed it's not the same the way that we talk about ourselves now even though if i look back everything points to our method our delivery really hasn't changed that much at all. You know, there's been some innovations here and there um, due to external circumstances mostly uh, and, and also some drives that we had. But really, mostly now what I look at is our one word is, is engagement. You know, how do we, our mission is to engage people, whether that's their salespeople, your employees, your customers, whoever it might be that you're trying to engage as an organization, that's our mission. And so the moment that we have that word engagement, then I can start to look at, yeah, having a podcast makes sense because I can engage people through the podcast. I can engage people through our blog. I can engage them through a newsletter and you know other things that we do. And that's kind of our, it drives our whole marketing engine you know, and, and how people come to us ultimately. Have you liked podcasting? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, I have, you know, it's, it's been interesting. We, we have a, a show, it's an interview show as well, you know, and, uh, and I do this with somebody else, which I'm a big fan of because um, we, there's, you know, I like to sort of show one of the things that I like about podcasting is that, you know, of course, you know, we're all about listening and storytelling and podcast. I mean, when you're as a, as an audience member, you're, you're a listener and that's, mm-hmm. that's it, you know, um, you don't really have the visual cues that you have for video and that sort of thing. And so I, I like that because I feel like there's um, something a little bit more intimate that happens uh, when there's that, that uh, relationship between the podcaster and their audience, you know, yeah. where you're just listening to someone, there's a little bit more attention that's paid. So I, I like that we can maybe go a little bit longer with some concepts that we might be able to, if we did something on YouTube, for example, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I like that. And, and I also like doing it with somebody else. Um, her name is Julianne Ryan. And, and she uh, is sometimes a, a facilitator of, of these trainings that I run. And uh, because it also models a little bit of, of what we do and who we are. So we, you know, we talk about in our trainings, the, the relationship between listening and storytelling, and that without a listener, you can't have a, your story is not going to have any impact. Uh, and so we kind of model that on, on our podcast, because when one of us is talking, the other one is listening. And so, and we can see that person, I, I can see that person and she can see me. Uh, and so it, I think it brings something else as well, but it, it also sort of mirrors uh, the model that we're putting out there. So there's this subtle way that we're communicating to people about what we do, even if we're talking about something completely different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is fun. That's yeah. uh, it's funny. I, I've been doing this like four and a half years now. I'm like, wow, oh, amazing. Where did, yeah. Where did the time go? But yeah, we uh, just started in September. So we're yeah, pretty Well, congrats. Pretty well, Hey, that's why it's called, you know, just get started. Like you just got to do it. You know, you got to right. get out there. That's right. It never stops. I, I think it's really good to find these things where, where you have that mindset, at least for me, you know, where, oh yeah, I'm just getting started, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, there's that kind of beginner's mindset that I think yeah. is, is important. Well, and, and as you mentioned, like if you know, your mission is around this engagement, 
like your every episode, you have different stories, different things. Someone can glean one small idea that could help them, you know, with their business. Like there's so many things that you could do. So there's a lot of value there um, in, in, in all the content you put out in that longer form versus, mm -hmm. you know, short video or, you know, other ways people may consume stuff. So yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Y'all started that. So congrats. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. I'll, I'll get you out of here in this note. So let's say something now you have a lot of unique things that's happened in your, obviously your career, your life. If someone's getting started today, mm. is there any, I, you know, I, got, I like to say, you can kind of take it from a quote you live by. Maybe it's a certain insight that's been the most impactful. It could be anything, but any encouragement you'd make for other folks getting started today, um, mm. things they should think about? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, you know, for me, it's the support is really important. So I think finding people that you trust doesn't mean that they have to be people that are going to end up being your business partners. But, you know, whether that's family or friends, I know that for me, that really helped me having those supportive people in my corner who weren't, it wasn't about, you know, I don't think any of them gave me money to start this company you know, or whatever, you know, but it, but it was more about that moral support, those people who give me that push, who challenge you. I, I really encourage people to, to paying attention to who does that in your life. Who's the one who, who challenges you? Who's the one who loves you so much and is always supportive? So that you have kind of a person to go to in the moments that you need it the most. Because believe me, there are moments when you get started um, that certainly for me, I wondered, is this ever going to go anywhere? Did I make a big mistake leaving finance? You know, all this stuff uh, came, came, came about. But I had people who steered me again, you know, who sort of encouraged me and said, no, no, you're, you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. You know, this is good for you. Um, and if, and if it had not been good for me, I know that there are some people who would have said that too. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that's really important. That's really number one is finding who's that support, what kind of network do you have? And number two is focus, you know, try to drill down on this thing that you're trying to get started drill down to really down to one idea, two ideas maximum, and really go in depth there. You know, who's, who's going to buy this, who's going to want to do this with you. And, you know, all these questions that you have to ask yourself and what does it look like three, five years from now, if you think really big, but just with that one idea, rather than all these different ideas that might be swimming around in your head and then, yeah. you know, see, see if it's viable and, and, just get started. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. And the one thing I'll add, because I, I know I went through this in, you know, in the past. And, and I, again, talking with a lot of other folks, it seems similar. It's like, let's say, let's use a business as an example. It could be anything. It could be you want to start working out or whatever. But like, we, we always put these hurdles in our head. Like, well, I got to start an LLC and I got to get this. like, no, 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 no. Just start. Just like, what's the first step? Just go forward with it and start building the content. Or maybe it's a network or whatever it is. Maybe you're trying to get a client, whatever. And just those other things work out eventually, you know, mm -hmm. you don't need an LLC day one, right? Yeah. Those yeah. are the type of, you don't need a website even day one, potentially, although that's helpful maybe mm -hmm. to, to tell your story, to share who you are. There's other avenues. So yeah. that's my encouragement, I guess, you know, to kind of layer on top of what you said is just try to do something today and then try to do that same thing again tomorrow and just keep layering it. Cause the consistency more than anything, and you've probably seen this with narrative, the consistency more than anything is the most mm -hmm. important thing. Yeah. Because if you yeah. kind of stop and start and, 
again, get distracted and all this, you're not moving the ball down the field. And that's exactly. the most important part. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what you're describing, that consistency, it, it really, if you start to look at your whole life in that way, yeah. you know, any kind of success you have, whether it's your health, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your business, it's all about consistency, you know, doing something consistently over time produces results. It's inevitable, you know? Um, and so, so yeah, but it's, it's hard, it's hard to do. And if you don't have that, that network of support around you, um, then it's really easy to kind of give up, you know? Uh, and I would say, you know, I, I listen to a lot of, um, uh, comedy podcasts and, you know, but by comedians. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've always sort of been fascinated with that because, you know, I mean, talk about people who are sort of giving something up like that career, you know, the, the corporate thing or whatever, the money. Uh, and then they decide to be a stand-up comedian. I mean, you know, there's no track for that in terms of making money quickly, right? right. And so, so you really have to sort of pay your dues so it's always, I always find it fascinating. And, and the advice that I always hear over and over again is like also pay attention to when it actually might be time to quit, you know, that if after a while and you're doing things because if you're doing all the things right, if you're doing those same things like you were just describing, you know, do it on day one, do it on day two, day three, and just continue to do it. And you're still not seeing results or it's really a hard slog. Well, maybe it is time to do something else or to think of, Maybe that idea doesn't work out so well. Maybe I need to think of something else. So I think it's also good to, to question, you know, over time, not too soon, um, you know, not when you're getting started, but a little down the road sort of seeing, yeah, let's, let's put some metrics here to see where do I want to be? And if I'm not there, what happens? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, at, at some point, those sunk costs, you know, the, the, of actually saying, Hey, this isn't the right thing. We have to be you know, realistic about that. And maybe yeah. it isn't the best thing for us, or maybe there's another avenue to, to, you know, what you talked about earlier, maybe it's not the film. You exactly. happen to go a route that was kind of, you know, a small tangent from that kind of thing. So yeah. there, there's other areas you could potentially look yeah, at. Yeah. Be so. flexible, be yeah. flexible and be patient. I, I got that advice very early in my career to, to just, you know, be patient, things take time. And, and also adapt, you know, uh, so don't be so rigid that you're missing out on opportunities. Uh, yeah. that, that's the other advice that I think is really helpful. Yeah, great point. Well, Jerome, this has been awesome. Where can everyone say hello online to you? What's the what's the best spot? Sure. Well, the best place is, is our is, uh, well, there's a couple of places. Um, I would say two places. One is our website, narrative.com, which is spelled N-A-R-A-T-I-V.com. Uh, and then the other is the podcast we were talking about called uh, Story Talks, and that can be found anywhere you find uh, podcasts. It's produced by my company, Narrative, uh, and it's with me and Julian Ryan as a, as a co-host. Uh, and we interview people from all walks of life around this idea of engagement, you know, and how, how can you engage yourself, your employees, your customers, and whatever it is that you do, whether you're in business or not. Um, but that's that's what it's about. And, uh, and yeah, our, our website has a lot of different uh, resources on it, too, for people who want to get started in terms of learning how to tell their own stories or the story of their company. We have a book called Powered by Storytelling, uh, which you can also find on our website. So, so I would say that's kind of the hub for us. Awesome. Well, Jerome, thank you so much for joining me. This is a, this is a blast. I'm glad to uh, get to know you a little bit more and appreciate you sharing some of your journey. Yeah, same here. Really, thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Hey, everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. 
If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.